Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. Paper floating around here someplace that's got some of the unique things about John, uh, the Gospel of John on it. It's on the back of the one for tonight. Thank you, Joan. It's on the back of the one for tonight. And uh, those are just uh, some things uh, that are unique to John. Uh, don't find in the other, the other three gospel writers. And we, we call the other gospel, for short, we call the other three gospel, uh, gospels the synoptics because they're so similar. And uh, John is the one that stands off um, uh, by himself. So uh, there's a list of things that are different in John that are not found in the synoptics and uh, some things that's not found in the synoptics found in John. In the, yeah, okay, both back and forth. Okay. Unique to each other. We'll, we'll put that put, put it uh, that way. Uh, now, uh, the first two lessons was on the first chapter. Uh, first lesson, I think we spent that evening on the prologue, verses 1 through 18, the prologue, and uh, then we did the, the end of, of that first chapter, which I think there's 51 verses in that chapter, and so we, we went from 19 to 51 uh, in our second lesson, okay? And, and there we was calling disciples and uh, that kind of getting started. Jesus was getting started, and I think uh, John the Baptist is bowing out, you know, as he, as he, as he bows out and uh, Jesus comes onto the stage and he's introduced and, uh, we, and we go, go from there. Uh, there are a few things on the test, okay? You want to pay attention <laughs> to those things, all right? Number one, who are the first two disciples that joined Jesus? Who? Wow, good for you guys. That's what we like. Yes. <laughs> you was ready for that. They just upstage you on that. You got you to get in there. You got to get in there. Okay. Uh, and the unique thing about it is John is not mentioned, but that's, that is understandable. These, these gospel writers don't put themselves out there, okay? Uh, so you, know, you so he did that, that disciple's name's not mentioned, but you just know it's John, uh, uh, just just from reading it. Okay, good job, guys. Okay, all right. Barry, who was the other guy? John and uh, Andrew. Andrew. Andrew and John. So we learned that last week. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, let's just keep going down this path. Let's just work on this. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Uh, so, uh, what's the first? No, no, I like it. What, uh, what is the first thing that Andrew does? I'm sorry? Yeah, go get his brother. Yeah. Excellent. Nice. Good. What are the first words of Jesus uttered in the Gospel of John? What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm ready for it. Look at you go now. Look at this. 
Look at this. Look at this. Go down. Yes. <laughs> wow. You can't beat that. And and uh, what are what is the second phrase? Just get close and you're in. What's the second phrase that Jesus speaks? That's a good. That's a good translation. That's a good translation. I'll take that. Yeah. So, so you have Jesus asking. The first thing is, what is it you want? Uh, you can say that a little bit different. You can say it. What are you looking for? That that'd be all right. Uh, but that's that's the first thing. So it. I I I, I know it sounds. We're always thinking about well, what does God want from me, and. He turns that around. He, he did that with Bartimaeus. It really, that was the one I, it really jumped out at me when I was reading about Bartimaeus, uh, the blind man uh, who shouts out uh, for, for Jesus, uh, Jesus, son of David, be merciful on me. And they, they told him, be quiet, be quiet. And uh, he shouts uh, all the more and finally said, Jesus, uh, Jesus said, bring him here. Let me, so he, what it is, he's got an audience with Jesus. So he gets to Jesus, and what does Jesus say? What do you want me to do for you? And that was the one that just hit me like a ton of brick, and uh, that was zoom zoom. That 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 you know that to me was zoom zoom. And if you know how the pastor uses that term, uh, reading the Bible, and that. That struck me, and then here it is showing up in the first chapter of the Gospel of John. All right, so that gives uh, get you a little bit caught up if you're here for the first time. That'll get you a little bit caught up about what we what we've been doing. But now we want to go to uh, chapter two uh, for tonight, and there, there are three areas of this. Uh, this is the first miracle of Jesus, and uh, John doesn't call them miracles. He calls them signs. Here's the, the first sign. There's only going to be seven of them if you count the way I'm counting now, and we'll say, okay, seven. Uh, and uh, so uh, there, what, I, what I'm saying is if that's just a very, very few things, miracles, uh, that John records when Jesus did so many. Okay, he did, okay. He does this great number, but John picks these out uh, to, because he, he, he's got a story he wants you to get. He's got a truth about Jesus Christ that he wants you to get, okay? And so here uh, we, we start tonight with, with the, uh, the, the first uh, sign. All right. Uh, there's, there's that bullet points there, Cain of Galilee, uh, Mary had some responsibility. Those are the things we should at least cover as we go through uh, this, this text, okay? All right, let's, uh, oh, are we good to begin now? Yeah. We're, okay, we're good to go. <clears throat> On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana. Um, weddings very often were on Wednesday. I, I didn't, you know, I'm, I'm reading this. 
according to Barkley, and he he's good. Okay, Barkley's good. Uh, Barkley uh, says that the weddings were usually on Wednesday. That that means that all this took place that we just talked about. You know, the words of Jesus, first words of Jesus, was on Sabbath day. I, I kind of like to be honest with you. So I I, I kind of like that. Okay. Okay, on the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee. And the reason I say Galilee is because there was another Cana, I think, in Syria, and this just depicts which one, which Cana this is. Uh, Cana of Galilee, Jesus' mother was there, um, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited uh, to the wedding. And they... I understand that Cana is so close to Nazareth, you can, you can see the one city from the other, okay? And so, uh, so we're getting into the neighborhood of Jesus. And it, that's not surprising because it, it just smacks that uh, the mother of Jesus has responsibility. Uh, we'll, we'll see uh, later, okay? But I'm... I'm thinking she has some responsibility in uh, the wedding um, because it's like she accepts some responsibility, okay? And so I'm saying that somehow she was involved in that. And that's not surprising because it's in their neighborhood. Uh, all right. Uh, and Jesus says, uh, when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Yeah. So... I know, I know. Uh, you, you know, guys, if a woman says there's no more wine, that's not like you're the Encyclopedia Britannica want to file all these facts. <laughs> yeah, you know there's more to it then they run out of wine. I just want to put that out there, okay? I, yeah, <laughs> I just want to put that out there. If Guys, if you don't know that, uh, it'd really be helpful if you learn that, that there's more in just the words that are said to you. Amen. There's no more wine. Huh? Oh, I could. <laughs> what sadder words can be said at a wedding than there's no more wine? That is a bad. Probably, no. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> oh, I, I assume we're beyond that point at this point <laughs> in the in the wedding. Uh, but but there there you are. Okay, and they have they have no wine. Um, all right. And you wonder why she's telling Jesus this. What, what, would, what would possess this woman, even though we think she has some responsibility in this wedding, to why would she be telling Jesus this? She knew. She knew. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, okay, I'm... I'm, I'm thinking she is used to him, the oldest son, solving the problems. 
And we, we think by this time, uh, if you know, Joseph, is that where you were going with that, Kev? Joseph is not there. And he's, he is such a thing. Yeah, and uh, so uh, what, what, and, and we, we, we really think that that's why Jesus delayed going into his ministry till he was 30 years old because he had to get the family up and running and, and on his own and the, the brothers and sisters old enough to take care of themselves or at least take care of the family and that kind of thing. Uh, feel, okay. In John. That we don't know, and I was going to, Val was over here, as it says, mention that, yeah. Yeah, because a lot of these facts we don't know for sure, okay? What? Yeah. No, I got that. Yeah, that's good. All right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also now he's been around for 30 years and, and she kind of knows him. You know, she kind of she kind of knows him. Okay. And she knows who who to who to talk to and how to talk to him. Okay, let's go uh the next uh slide. Woman, why do you involve me? Now um <laughs> uh, Woman is not a, a, a snappy thing. I mean, it's not as sharp or short uh, treating her that way, okay? It, it is quite acceptable, matter of fact, desirable in that culture for, for, that, for, her, for him to talk like that. That's not the way we would talk, okay? <laughs> we had that discussion this week, I think. Uh, two, if you have to, if you want to use a word like that, use the word lady. Yeah, it might, might soften that a little bit. No, no, really? Really? Oh, I'm sorry. You, never mind. Let's scratch that, and I'll, I'll stick with the Bible teaching. Somebody else do the marriage counseling. Yeah. Okay, but... Okay. Yeah. Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. And... Uh, in, and John wants us to get into our heads right away that Jesus knows why he's there and he knows when that time for him to do this is right, okay? Um, and, and, and also he's telling it parental control no longer exists here either. Thank you. But, but without being mean about it, I mean, there's not really anything really sharp going on here in the language or anything. Um, and... Uh, and she is not treated. At the, at the time of the cross, uh, when Jesus is dying, uh, he will use the same term to her, woman, behold your son. You know, when, when uh, uh, Jesus puts John and, and the mother together for her care. Okay. He uses the same term there. And I just say, well, this is a very uh, good term to use. But, but we want to know, but Jesus wants us to know right off that, that he knows that he has an hour. He has a time, he, he has something uh, that he's here to do, and he, he will uh, know about that. <clears throat> okay, so, so, so you have that. 
Uh, nearby stood six stone water jars. Yeah, I miss, oh, oh, his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Thank you. That's, a, that's an important text here. Man. <laughs> that really is. That really is an important text here. Uh, because here's the mother who knows that he's going to do something, and it's going to be right. It's going to be good, and everybody else ought to go along with it. And so he tells the servants, you know, uh, whatever he tells you. And that is another clue that makes us think that she had some real responsibility here and that would give, the responsibility would give her authority uh, to, uh, to work here. I'm, I'm glad you guys pointed that out to me. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing. Now, yeah, you know when he, when he says something like that, that he's writing to a Greek audience that does, maybe doesn't understand the Jewish custom and so he's pointing, thank you, pointing out that uh, Jewish custom of washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Now, this is translated into uh, gallons uh, that, that we understand, okay? Uh, I, I know Maria wanted to talk about, Fir is it Firkins? Yeah, I mean, am I pronouncing that right? Firkins? Maybe nobody else has read that, okay? I mean, that translation, okay? But uh, that you, you have to convert those weight you know, weights and measures uh, in, into something, I understand. So we got, uh, did anybody calculate the gallons of wine here yet? Somebody ought to be calculating that. Jesus said to fill the jars with water. What? 160 gallons of wine. We're in. <laughs> fill, fill the jars with water so they filled them to the brim. So they're, they're, they're completely full. I, I haven't heard any of that preaching for a long time when it said, we're going to fill your cup today. The only thing is, how big is the cup you got? What'd you bring? Yeah, what'd you bring with you? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, there's plenty. There is, I can't, the importance, when I learned that reading the text, that there's always enough. You know, you know, people, there are a lot of people that worry about, my mom and dad came through the depression and in many ways never left it. And I have lived, I'm a, you wouldn't call it affluence, but mid, middle class, good, good middle class now, my entire life. Uh, you know, so our, my concept is different from theirs, but I, it took me to learn that there's always enough. I mean, that's a hard lesson to learn. That's, it, and, and, and you start, you start thinking all the reasons why they're, is not enough, but I want to assure you that there is. And that's one of the things that's being stated here is there's not only a little bit, there's not only plenty, but this is overboard. This is over, and this is kind of the way God operates. You know, 
when that grass ha develops seeds, it doesn't just develop one seed, you know. It just sprays the whole area with seeds. Uh, anyway, this lavish. God just doesn't love little. He and it said it said in some place in the Bible that He lavished His love upon us. Wow. I, I just wonder when it comes, especially when it comes to God, there's always enough. Yeah, and that's a hard lesson, but let's work on that, okay? We'll work on that together, try to understand that there's always enough. And so when we come to a task, we start looking for the answer because we know what? It's here someplace. I may not see it now, but it's here. It's here. If the question has, anyway. Okay, so... 160 or 180 gallons of wine has to be within that area, so we know we have plenty of wine. So each pot. Yeah. Six. There's. Six. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and by the way, we know we get into the right uh, area for this because of archaeology has uncovered enough of these stone jars, and we okay, we 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 kind of know what what was going on there. Okay, let's go to our next one, right? We got that one? Um, Terry, I think it was interesting that his mother said to the servants. Oh, yeah. She didn't tell Jesus to do it. She just told the servants. So she didn't say, you have to do it, but he did it anyway. And I think that goes back to she knew her son. Okay, you, she, yeah, she, she knows her son. And, and, and he's firstborn. He's firstborn, and they, they just take normal, take responsibility. Yeah. Okay, right. let's go to our next one. Then he told them, now draw out some and take it to the master of the banquet. Uh, that was, that's really hard to uh, translate, master of the banquet there. It'd be like our head waiter. And the word uh, dekanos or deacon is in that name, okay? I just wanted to point that out to you, uh, that the deacons serve tables. They're, they're yeah, and uh, this guy is like the, the head deacon here, uh, and, and it, like a master, what we would call master of ceremonies or something like that, uh, but you, you, take it, you take it to him. Uh, they, they did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine, he did not realize where it had come from. Though the servants who had drawn it knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, I, I love this part here. It, it's like the guy, I'm sorry. <laughs> it won't go away. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's, it's the guy calls the office and he says, uh, he said, do you want to talk to the man in charge or the woman that knows what's going on? <laughs> and this is, this is it because who knows what's going on? The servants. Oh, the servants, which means what? I want to be a servant, and 
I, th I think that's the call. I think that's the call. I want to be a servant because then I know what's going on. Okay? If, if I'm a servant, if you're a servant, you will actually know what's going on. All right. Amen. So now let's go to the next one here. <laughs> let's go to Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. That makes sense, doesn't it? Wait till they can't really distinguish this from that, and then throw that cheap junk on them. Throw that, throw that mad dog on them. <laughs> Throw that, yeah, throw that mad dog on them there. Yeah. But you say the best till now. What Jesus did here in Canaan, Galilee, was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Amen and amen. I, I think I'm going to start, first of all, with... Uh, just to talk with you, that Jesus does his first miracle in the book of John in a humble home setting. He doesn't wait for some big festival or wait till there's a big crowd around. He does this sign in a home setting. Wow, wonderful. How wonderful that is at this. And, and, and this sign here saves this humble family from humiliation. Thank you. Yes. Isn't that wonderful that the Savior of the world does his first miracle to keep people from being embarrassed? Exactly. I'm going to say that a little different, uh, Val. I'm going to say that so the party can continue. A lot of people use the scripture as an excuse to drink and get drunk. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and that, and that too much to drink really doesn't mean drunk. There, we got words for that, and we could have used that, Okay. Oh, it was fermented. You can't have good wine and not be fermented. Anybody can tell you that. Okay. Uh, yes. I know this sounds unreasonable. Uh, I'm, I'm with you, okay? I'm, I'm going with you, okay? Because I think the message is God always saves the best for last. And I started saying when I, when I realized I, I was getting older, okay, I want the rest of my life to be the best of my life. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, I, we're on the same, Phil Bauer, we're on the same. But 
This is the way God operates. Now, what's uh, meaning here? What, what is this? What, what is this creating wine? What does that mean? Wine at a party should help the what? Maybe you have never drank any wine. Okay, I'm not. <laughs> should help bring joy to the party. Now, if you don't know that, let me let you in on it, okay? <laughs> if you drink wine, you'll probably loosen up a little bit. You won't be so tight and actually enjoy yourself. What a unique thing. And if, if and by the way, I do this at every wedding that I do, marriage that I do, I remind them that God wants you to find joy in this relationship. And that's what he does at Canaan. He's adding joy to the relationship. Now, the things can come into that relationship and obscure that relationship. Go ahead, Joan. Well, I, I, I didn't pick that up, Gal, what you, what you meant by that. When Jesus, yes. when Jesus comes and gives you things in your life, it's better than what you had before. Yes. yes. It's, it's the fullness of it. I mean, that your joy may be full. Yes. Amen. Amen. You know, we 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 know them Christians that are just look like they suck on a lemon and life is tough on them and they have a hard time getting by and and what is what is Jesus intending here? For you have lots of joy and have it for a long time. Somebody said to me one time, said, you know, you act like you're always happy. I said, I usually am. If I'm not happy, I'm not there. I just stop being there. Okay? So... Joy should permeate your life. Uh, and when I say a joy, I'm talking about a sense of vitality of life. You know, there is a vitality of life. Amen? And if there's any place there should be a vitality of life, is at a wedding. And here's these young people getting together 
You think they should be excited about the future? If they ain't, they should have stayed home. And not only should they be, I'm talking about the normal exuberance for life. I've not even got into this God thing yet when the Holy Spirit comes in and really gets you kick-started on joy. But there's this exuberance because right around the corner, normally when these young people get together, you know, they, they, get, they, they sort of know what to do when you get them together. They find out real quick, and then pretty soon what? You got another little person coming along here. I'm talking about new life. And the possibility in this wedding here is new life. There's a certain joy. You can't, you couldn't, the government could not draft a guy for the first year he gets married. You know why? Yeah. And you went, well, why do they want all these kids? Because their future depends on it. Without them, you don't have a future. Now, we don't see that necessarily. Back there, that's the way it was. So they want this new life. There's a normal exuberance to life. And, and, and that's what you have here in this, in this uh, uh, first uh, sign that uh, Jesus gives here in the, in the book of John. And then you add this new wine to that. Man, uh, life ought to be good, huh? That ought to be good. That ought to be good. Uh, don't make it into something bad, okay? Uh, and we did this one, didn't we? And, and the disciples believed in him, okay? Now, they, they're going to have trouble later, okay? But this has got, this has got their attention. Yeah. This has got their attention, okay? All right. Uh, was you going to say something? Oh, okay, good. All right. Is that, is that what that was? Okay. All right. We'll, we'll move on. Oh, I, I think that Jesus is sending a message that what you have here is joy and exuberance of life. And he's going to enhance that. Look, Jesus had no problem mingling in the social activities. Let me see if I, I see if I can find them. Okay, um, I'll do the one out of uh, Matthew. Let me Matthew eleven seventeen and following. Okay, eleven seventeen and following. Uh, to what can I compare this generation? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling out to others. We played a flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating, John the Baptist, John the Baptist came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man, being Jesus himself, came eating and drinking, and they say he is a glutton, a drunkard, 
and a friend of tax collectors. How'd you like to have that for a reputation, huh? Yeah. But wisdom is proved by her actions. I'm sorry? But what I'm saying is Jesus had no problem mingling with life and enjoying the exuberance of life itself. And then, like I say, you add the Holy Spirit into that, and you've got a recipe for a future. You have a recipe for a future then, okay? Uh We're good. We're all good. Let's uh, go to our. I think this is. I think that finishes our our first point. We go to the second second point. Uh, cleansing the temple. Is that right? Yes. Cleansing the temple. Uh, yes. Now let's do a little lecture on this before before we do this. Okay. Uh, this is the beginning. We just did the first miracle. This is the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. And we know from the Gospel of John that the ministry is going to be at least three years, at least three years, because he makes three visits uh, to Jerusalem for the Passover. And so we know we have, we have at least three years. We only have that in John. We don't have that in the others. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, if you read them, uh, you could only get a year's ministry out of, out of there, Okay. It takes John to tell us that there's uh, three years to, to the uh, ministry of, of Jesus. So he's, he's, he's going up there for the Passover. And, and that is important for us to get in our head. That if you live within 15 miles of Jerusalem, you were supposed to be uh, there for the Passover. And if you were a Jew, you probably, no matter where you were in the world, you wanted to go to Jerusalem at least one time and celebrate the Passover at the temple. That's just, that's just the way it is, okay? And uh, the only thing I would liken that to would be when they make a, a journey to Mecca. Have you seen some of those pictures? Make a journey to Mecca uh, to, uh, what do you call that? I can't think of the name. But when you uh, make a journey to Mecca. But that, they... They wanted to go to the temple and celebrate the Passover there at, at the temple, okay? So uh, here's Jesus. He, he goes to the uh, Passover in Jerusalem. Uh, after he went down to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and disciples, they stayed there for a few days, uh, get some rest and get ready to dive in again. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others were sitting at tables exchanging money. Now, there's nothing really evil about that, okay? Because people are coming from all over the world. And if you're going to make a donation, which you're supposed to make, there's a tax on everybody, you're supposed to make it. You needed the temple coinage to do that. The temple could not accept like a Roman coin. 
because that would be a Gentile coin. It would be considered unclean, so they couldn't accept that. Um, and or any other uh, money coin that you might have. Money's a really strange thing. It really is. I read a quick history of money one time. I can't remember what book it was in. It was really quite enlightening to, to read, okay? But here, so somebody comes in there, we'll say got Roman coins, and they want to they make a donation, so they, they go and they... Has, has anybody done that in another country? I did that with euros one time. Okay, okay, so you, okay that's, all that, that's what that is, okay? But there is, a, there is a cost in doing that, you know. And, and, but these guys were just ruthless. You know, they're stealing. Yeah, they're just, I mean, they're not just taking a little percentage. They're scalping people if they can. They're just, yeah, just, just terrible, terrible. And, and everybody knew it. You, you knew when you went in there that that's what they're going to do to you. But you know, very often will we'll pay the price, what, whatever it is, because you're in, you're, in the, you're in the temple. And it's a real privilege for you to be there. And you may have really looked forward to being there, spent a lot of money, and you, you've just finished this, this trip, and you, you're not, you know, you're, you're, you're going to take the abuse. You know, take the abuse. But what happens when people do that? They're resentful. They have residual resentment. And it's not good. And then you, you, may, you may want to uh, have a sacrifice. And this is another place where they got, you go, they got you going and coming in this one, okay? And what they'll tell you is, if you're going to sacrifice something in the temple, it has to be what? Without blemish. Well, that can mean a lot or not mean a lot. It's all according to the guy that's calling the shots. Yes. Yes. And so you, you, you may want to, you know, here you got this great privilege. Maybe you brought your family with you, so you're going to sacrifice uh, for not only for yourself but for your family. And here you're going to sacrifice. And when it comes time to buy a lamb, you tell, well, I didn't want the whole herd, the whole flock. I just wanted one. And they, they're going to charge you 19 different prices. And you say, well, I'll go get one, you know, outside the town and bring it in. And I said, well, it probably won't pass. And it won't. Yeah, it's not going to make it. It's going to, they're going to find a blemish on it someplace. They're going to find something wrong with it. You know, they may even have an IQ test for it. Yeah, you know, I mean, it just the list goes on when you when you're going to rob people, you, you you, and that's what was going on here. And I, of course, you know, I I I, I love the Book of Mark too. And and Mark po points out where they're doing this, not only what they're doing, but where they're doing it. They're doing it in the Gentile court. That is, if you were a visiting Gentile, that's the closest you could get to God. Now, you understand in their mind, God is in the Holy of Holies here, okay? 
Now, we learn different, okay, and we're going to approach that a little bit. The Holy Holies. And this, is the, this would be the area that's the closest that a Gentile can get into. And here, what are they doing in that area? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not only do they, are they doing this business there, which is nothing. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, okay? Honestly, nothing wrong with that. But they're, they're just scalping people, and they're getting, get, you're actually going to give God a bad name for the future. I mean, that, that resentment builds up. and you, I've even known Christians like that. I'm not going to go to church anymore. You know, something bad happened. You know, I'm gonna, and, and that's what happens to these people. You know, they made all this trip and had the best, uh, the best attitude and spirituality and everything with doing the right thing, wanting to do the right thing. And when they, when they get there, they're just beat up. You know, and nobody there has the same kind of feeling about doing the right thing that they have making the trip. Okay. Pretty disheartening. Pretty disheartening. So that's, uh, that's the thing Jesus is looking at. And uh, let me see. They went around looking at the temple courts. Okay, let's go to the next one. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all them from the temple courts, both Sheep and cattle, he scattered the coins of money changers and overturned the tables. And uh, I, I, I really can just see this. You know what I mean? They wonder how in the world is that? I can see that. I can, I can really see that. Um, that he, he just, he's, he's angered. He's, he's angered at, at this. Yes, um, yeah. He, he's just angered over it, and he just, like, he, it's almost like he couldn't take it anymore. He just had to do something, so he just cleaned them out. Now, of course, they're going to set up tomorrow and come back. You know, they're, you know, they, they're, they're going to do that, okay? But, but he's, but he's, but he's making a message. Uh, he's, he's sending. What's right? And of course, it's always up to us who hear that to, to conform to that. Okay. Um, and uh, well, let's see. Let's see what it is. Uh, to those who sold doves, he said, Get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. Now, in, in the other gospel writers, there's, there's always a little, little change in the words and the nuances of it. I've already told you that I, I like reading Mark uh, on, on the cleansing of the temple. And, and there, in Mark, he says, uh, the, his father's house should be a house of prayer for all nations. That's what he says uh, is quoted in, in, the, in the book of Mark. And uh, but in Mark, the cleansing of the temple is at the end of his ministry. In John, it's in the beginning of his ministry. Okay, and there's always people trying to understand that, you know. And I I think the best of them would be just to say there's probably two cleansing of the temple, and they pick that one out. And 
Okay, so uh, get these out of here and stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. I think that's euporium, I think is the word there. But So you, are, you, are you kind of getting the picture of, of that area? And, and really, that's the sin is it just is leaving a bad taste. It's not a sin to make money. Right, yeah, yeah, okay. It's not a sin to provide animals for sacrifice and all that mystical, but they, that's not what was going on. They were just scalping people. And for, for, for us to understand that this was a place where the Gentiles could go. And when, when you're reading, you can't help but see that God is always about making his tent bigger. Always about making his tent bigger no matter where you're at, about making the, the tent bigger, okay? <clears throat> and it always, I always feel like, you know, there's going to be people in heaven I'm surprised that made it. <laughs> yeah, because what? God is always saving more than you think he is. The, the great prophet Elijah, when he was down in the dumps and he was whining that he was the only one Left. God said, no, I think he had 7,000, is that, was it 7,000? He said, no, he had to inform Elijah that he had 7,000 had not bowed their knee to Baal. And, and, I, and I think that came as a surprise to the, to the great prophet Elijah. Yeah. And so the, just, just remember that for yourself. God is out there saving people uh, that, uh, that you don't know about and that you, you, you think, well, oh, my gosh. Oh, okay. All right. Is that the end of that section? Okay. Uh, that's the cleansing of the temple in John. Now, we, we, we got some. Now, we got time. We get, we'll get started on the last one. I don't think we'll finish the, the last one. But, oh, uh, we don't have to finish these, all right? We, we start in. We do what we can. Okay. We, we move here together. Okay. Good. All right. Okay, uh, yeah, we, we should get at least touch base here on the, the, the new temple. Uh, his disciples, remember, was the zeal. And now we might come back and read that. I think that's Psalm 69, 9 uh, is what came to the disciples' mind. Zeal for your house will consume me. Uh, and that was understood that that's who Messiah was, that the zeal of the Lord would consume Messiah, that he would just... He, 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 now, okay, um, the Jews then responded to him. Now, now, remember, the Jews are who? The, yeah, Pharisees. Somebody said Pharisees. Yeah, Pharisees, Sadducees, ruling class. This, yeah, it, elites. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, this is not the, it, this is not the, the people that got married down there at Canaan. Yeah, okay. Which, Okay. All right, uh, what's, yeah, so they asked, what sign do you show us to prove your authority to do this? I know, I, I can be such a smart aleck at times. I just did it. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's all, that's all I have to say. That's good. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I just did it. Sometimes you have to just do it. Yeah. Well, we'll wait until you get a title to do it. No, no, just do it. 
Yeah. Well, I don't know if I can. Well, we'll see. We'll see if he can, okay? So uh, they, they, they want to look for a sign. Yeah. Well, you just got one. This area should be reserved at least for the Gentiles because this is the only place they can go. This is the closest they can get. Well, but the point is they didn't care. They didn't care for the Gentiles. They didn't care what happened to them. And that's the problem, isn't it? That's the problem. Okay. Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. Okay, let's go on to the next one. Make sure. Uh, yeah, it's taken uh, 46 years to build this temple and you are going to raise it up three days. But the temple he spoke of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. And I, I entitled this uh, passage here, A New Temple. The old temple is passing away. No matter how good it was, it has had its day, and it is over. You, it, it's, hard to, it's hard for you to get that message. You just think about Jesus walking into that courtyard that day knowing this is all over. Stick a fork in it. It's done. It's over. It is... It, it, Get the thing, yeah. It is no more. Now, now let's just a second, just a second. It is no more. Those who don't get the memo that day, in about 35 years from there, the whole place will be completely leveled. It is over. And that's the thing that Jesus is saying. This is over. And you move along. God is not going to live in a place built of stone. Where is he going to live? In the fleshly hearts of his people. That's his new temple. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's you. And that's the way we will end there. They believe the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. and uh, But it... Yeah, that whole thing is over with, and now God will reside in the hearts of his people. I think, I think as Jeremiah says, uh, no more stone, but for the fleshly heart. And I'm, I'm taking that, I know, I'm, I'm, but I'm taking that to mean sensitive, malleable. That is, you can be shaped and formed and that kind of thing, uh, not set in stone. Anyway, okay, we good? We say amen. amen. Lord, we thank you for your word. But mostly we thank you for Jesus who come into this world to save us and to help us see what is good and right. Thank you that he cleaned the temple and that he's going to live in it. And that is us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Thank you.